0: to another episode of the Universe Within podcast. On this episode, I sat down with um, Alejandra Ortiz. She also goes by the name Alumnis. And she was recommended to me a long time ago uh, by a good friend of mine, and then more recently uh, by a gentleman who's working with us, uh, dieting with us. And she works a lot with the voice. Uh, she runs workshops, which I, I believe she calls the the activation of your authentic voice. And she's a really fascinating woman. She is originally from Colombia, and um, she was a singer, a musician, and uh, then she really began to discover the power of the voice. Uh, uh, Basically, as a as a way to to free oneself, to express oneself, uh, and also to heal oneself, and she was spoken of really highly by by a number of people that I knew, and serendipitously she happened to be running a retreat uh, very close to where I am. And we were able to sit down and have a talk. Um, we had a bit of a, a limited time, so I think this episode went about one hour. Um, but she shares some really beautiful wisdom, and she has a beautiful presence and a uh, Um, I think a really deep embodied knowledge of the work she does and so we we spoke about the voice and and about healing also some about plant medicines which she's also worked with and it was a very fascinating conversation Um, she's as I said she's a really fascinating woman she has a beautiful presence Um, and uh, personally I would actually love to, to sit and work with her as I think I mentioned in the video so I think you all will really enjoy this conversation. Um, As always, if you are able to support this podcast, that's a really big help to me. Patreon is a really good option. Um, It's a website, and you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. There's different tiers you can sign up for, and those tiers give you different things back, things like early access to shows, bonus material, Q&As. So that's a really big help to me, to all the people who have done that. Thank you very much. I, I really like that idea of doing things based on reciprocity. So if you feel like you're gaining something from this podcast, that's really Uh, amazing way to support and to give back Um, there's also the ability to direct donate via PayPal I'll put a link to those in the show notes Uh, also I think with the YouTube channel you can join the the channel now although I think the, the Patreon is actually a better option um and then if you're not able to do that as always the the really small things really help a lot to get the show out to bigger audience helping with the algorithm so if you're watching on youtube hitting the subscribe button turning on the notification bell liking the video leaving any questions or comments in the comment section sharing the video with with friends family uh, and then with the audio version going on apple Podcasts, leaving a starred rating and a short review that's a really big help also with spotify now there's the ability to rate the show as well um, my friend and colleague, Marav Artsy and I are continuing to run plant dietas. Um, that's a really amazing opportunity. If you feel like going deeper into this world of plants or discovering the world of plants, um, it's, uh, it's a really fascinating, uh, opportunity to go into isolation, to work with one plant, uh, to work with both Marav and myself and, uh, Experience the the traditions we've been trained in, the work that we do. Um, it's a it's a really powerful and profound experience. Um, when this is released, we probably will have finished our Ireland dieta. Uh, I'm recording this quite a bit in advance, but as of now, we still have, I think, a couple spots open for our retreat in Israel, and then I believe as well in New York the following month. So we'll be in Israel in June, and then New York in July. Um, And then after that, uh, we should be back in the Sacred Valley of Peru towards the end of the year, um, potentially in October, but we haven't set a date for that yet. So uh I think that's it. Uh without further ado, here is my conversation with alumnus Alejandra Ortiz from the maze. Running out from the maze. Running out of the maze. Today. Running out from the maze. Stay. Running out from the maze. Running out from the maze. Running out from the maze today. I'm up from the maze running up from the maze running out of the maze today well I I had heard of you I think originally through Jessica and then also um, someone who's been working with Marop and myself Uh, a student came to attend your workshop and they Mm. both just spoke really highly of you Mm. and um you know, it's interesting because a lot of the interviews, I, I I know the people, so there's there's kind of a, I'm familiar with their work. But I think this will be a really interesting interview because I I don't know a lot about your work. I, I mean, I I know some probably on the surface. So it'll be kind of an interesting exploration to for me to also learn more about your work. So so first, thank you for coming on. I know you're you're doing a lot, so thank you for taking the time. And um, we had lunch yesterday, so we got to know each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. But maybe just to start, if you could uh, just say a little bit about yourself, who mm-hmm. you are, and a little bit about your story, and, and also the, mm-hmm. the work that you do.
1: Okay, so I'm Almoniz. I'm, I was born in Colombia, and I have been working a lot with the voice as a tool for like, self-knowing and self-transformation so i have gathered like a a lot of images like a language of images to support people in remembering the voice as a tool to create reality kind of to to work with the plasma and reform it first in the body like vibrating the our own body with the voice and then creating um, like more coherent harmonious realities uh, based on listening like through the bones and receiving so sort of the voice not used so much to express but to impress uh, like upon like vibratory membrane What which is how i call the kind of like our vibratory field um, and i studied music and but my dad was deaf and so it, it seemed like uh, I was being given like a, a chance to to heal and to really look deep uh, in to these like crossroads of like listening and expressing and being seen and being received and, and I found that there was like a common theme there on this basic need of humans to feel seen, feel held, feel recognized, and feel accepted. And in my case, since I was a singer and my dad could not give me that, I realized that it was up to me to really receive myself on on a... like emotionally, but also like energetically, to impress that on my own field of bringing different aspects to unity by acknowledging and embracing and like listening, like really the power of listening. So that has been like a thread on my life which has been listening and listening to different voices within and understanding all these different kind of guides, guiding or guide from the universe as dimensions that can be accessed from within So it's been a path of reordering kind of hierarchies of, of aspects of myself to support others in accessing the places within where we can receive guidance and knowing uh, in communication with, with everything that exists, but like as this consciousness that is one and has been like divided in different aspects or emanations. But how it's possible to, to communicate with these different aspects of the one consciousness by accessing uh, places inside through like a process of developing the body as a vehicle um, for a state of presence and availability. So usually people come to me because they want to sing or because uh, plant medicine in terms of like ayahuasca ceremonies told them, oh, you have to sing, you have to sing. And, and Or they are interested in learning like medicine songs and things like that. And then it's like, well, your medicine is not necessarily <laughs> the medicine songs. It's, it's like the sound that really wants to come through as an expression of bringing coherence first to your own field and embracing different aspects of of yourself and then that ripples out like a fountain like opening the body as a fountain of um, I call them you know like codes that order reality um, from a place of listening of deep listening not only of like wanting to to accomplish something but of being in open but uh, very present in the body as a, as a vehicle you know, in the, the instrument that is the body so researching through practice um, and self-awareness the ways in which the body is an instrument and how sound is really shaping reality constantly all the time whether we are aware of it or not so trying to develop that tangible sense of energy through the use of the voice because it becomes something that is, is very real right? it's manifested it's not just something outside the body experience that is something that can be accessed through opening the hands and like listening through the bones a, a lot of, of that process and that results in people freeing their voices and singing their true like authentic uh, embodied like a voice. So I, I call what I do like embodied voice or a voz auténtica in Spanish. Um, and I, I've been doing retreats and uh, workshops and sessions for many, many years and living in different parts of the world. But sharing that that connection to, to the voice as a tool for, for bringing coherence and harmony from a, a deep place of listening.
0: So it, it sounds like on the surface, because the from the, the people I've spoke to who have spoken about you, it, it seemed like on the surface it was very much about the voice, <clears throat> but it sounds like from your point of view that's almost like a an end product of something yeah. else that's going on inside.
1: Yes, yes. Because the voice shows everything. The voice is so transparent and and it really... It's a manifested form of your beliefs, the state of your emotional body, of your nervous system, uh, the things that have been, as I said, like imprinted upon your vibratory body by experiences from this lifetime, from the womb, from other lifetimes. It's really like a manifestation of the essence in the present moment. So it is... uh, it's sort of an excuse, but it is also through the voice that it's like it becomes really an instrument to, to embody, like unity and coherence uh, within like different di- inner dimensions.
0: So how would you how would you describe the work you do or the process you you do of you mentioned like like freeing the voice. How would you if someone had never mm-hmm. like experienced that before, how would you walk them through what mm-hmm. you're doing?
1: So I discovered that there's like certain portals in the body. I call them portals, because I started experiencing. I was already like a singer, had a group that was called Lula Cruz. So we recorded a lot, and for many years toured. and but I started at right at the beginning of that journey, maybe twenty years ago that I started entering these states of like channeling sound like I would be on stage and this current would come that took over my body and would sing whatever it wanted to sing and I could not change that and, and until it was completely done and I could sense it was a very high frequency people would cry, it was like a lot of integration and. Or, yeah, clearing, clearing of dense energies. But that was very uncomfortable for me to experience because I, it would happen. I had no con- context for that in in the world that I lived, you know, as a musician. And I started really trying to f- have like an agreement with this process uh, by... So that it would use my body in a way that felt good, (laughs) that would feel comfortable. And so I discovered that there were certain physical portals in the body that when they would open, uh, then this would happen. And it would happen not only for me, but for other people. And that's what people many times experience in an ayahuasca ceremony, that these portals open and they can sing and they are one and everything is vibrating. And it's like, yeah, you can access that <laughs> like without the help of the plant uh, taking it. And so it's a process of finding like a state of fluidity in the body, learning to trust the bone structure as a container and working with, for example, the energy of gravity as a magnetic source that pulsates and... um. Sustains us, like physically. So it's not like, oh, the idea of Pachamam and sing. is like, there is like a magnetic source of energy. And we can, when that is moving through us, then that can sing through us, meaning it can create through us. And the same from like a electric source above, like the sun or the central sun, or, if, you know, however far up or to the core uh, of that like la- consciousness uh, it can also move through the body so there's like a portals in the body to allow for a state of presence and availability and then a lot of uh, moving energy with our own hands as we make sound uh, to sweep in a way energies that are not ours and fill ourselves up with this uh, Kind of crystal resonant sound that is open and that is usually very different from the voice that we use to sing. For example, if somebody, oh, you know, you make a very weird voice, like you make a very strange use. Of your of your instrument, it's like that's not really the sound of your instrument. I mean it's expressing my desire to be loved, my desire to be seen, wanting to do it perfect, or wanting to praise spirit really hard or but that's not really the expression of the vehicle. So it's like we work with opening the vehicle for this for energy to run through and then finding the places uh, where we can be more resonant, like find that I call the crystal resonance, because it feels really like that. It's like it's just touched and it touch it's touched and it uh, vibrates, like rippling out, and that feels very different in the body and sounds very different. So people sing better, uh, but also find like wow, they they have access to the places within that we're not given a chance to, to participate, you know, so we also work with integrating things from the lineage that have not been spoken, um, as coming from behind and, and so, so, sort of like untying the knots in the stories and just by giving way to, to the line of the story uh, then that energy is freed and becomes available. So, for example, like an, our ancestors can, can sing through, but they, they're not necessarily expressing the pain and the sorrow because many times people we connect with, with those uh, energies and information that comes from the lineage as from like the pain body. But there is always like an expression of that pain, an expression of that sorrow, or of that abandonment, or the exile, or the so the voice is really like a higher dimension that that can free by by sharing. Tell me how horrible it was, and that's different, usually for people to connect with their ancestral lines not from a place of pain and heaviness but what what are the stories you know if if that grandfather or that grandmother could sing what would they be singing about and so it's it's also like a liberation in that sense of of the energy that has been stuck stuck in from living from experiences Mm -hmm. so you start accessing more and more like parts of the multi-dimensional body that are part of you very, very part of our expression and that's usually a very like wow like a big revelation mm. an integration for people that maybe we've been identifying ourselves with certain aspects but but there is always like a a deep desire from these uh, like from the ascended aspects uh, in this lineage for well-being for flow even if they never experienced that they they have at some point hoped or prayed very directly for us to be free, for us to be joyful, for us to be creative and and supported and so on. So it's also working with with that aspect of of the ancestral component of our own being because many times it's like oh, these things have not been spoken or uh, about, uh, but it's. Not liberation in the sense of catharsis. So it's really like a very refined softening, allowing for the body to become very fluid, and to to unravel, like the lines and and these lines, you know, they go back until like a, you you can tap into any line basically, if you comb, I call it like combing the the hairs of the ancestors and. And it becomes very real. People, people do it. They, they, they. This becomes part of their true ancestral, like voice. That many, many times would. Oh, I want to sing like Lakota songs, and and everybody thinks that's like the ancestral voice. And, like maybe I mean you you could tap into that eventually. But what is really pressing to be untied and expressed in that way? What wants to flow? from your your true <laughs> like genetic makeup. So it's it's very beautiful. And that voice becomes very healing to receive for others. Because it's not like wanting to be something. It's like okay I'm I am I am this and it's a lot about uh, embodying water. Like uh, works a lot with the water qualities of the voice like fluid and Touching and sensing and changing and, and being clear through flow. It's
0: how did you how did you develop this? Because listening to you mm. speak, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm reminded of I mean, a lot of what you're speaking about also really seems to draw on a lot of different techniques, a lot of different. Traditions. I mean, I mean, even this idea of you know, like sitting, like being rooted on the earth, that gravitational pull, like the the, the structure of the body. I mm. mean, so many traditions. There's this idea of like sitting straight, and yeah. but I think there's there's actually a, there's a lot of like esoteric reasoning behind it. Physical mm. re- reasoning. I mean, channeling reason. Um, uh, these ideas of like trauma, of ancestral wounds, of channeling that. These ideas of even like the water element. It's mm. very. I mean, it's also very related to a lot of plant work, uh, even mm-hmm. like ayahuasca you mentioned. Very mm-hmm. much this this idea of like the dream space, the unconscious, and mm-hmm. you know, so it just it seems like mm-hmm. you're tapping into a lot of things. Was that just through your own self exploration, and then working with people and seeing what worked and what didn't? And, yeah, and <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't think I really re- had like a a teacher or like one practice or. I always wanted to have a teacher <laughs> but it never worked out that way I would perceive a lot and see <laughs> what was moving through the teacher and, and so on and, and I think I was invited to kind of dance with what I was feeling um, definitely like a connection with ayahuasca like she's such a beautiful teacher of, of Flow in that way of, of like this vibration that is just makes everything go back to reweaving reality. But but it was always more like a confirmation of my perception. And actually, the, the, the spirit of ayahuasca always told me, you don't need me. I'm here to tell you that everything that you're perceiving is real. But you don't need me, I'm with you, we are one, we are, I mean, how can we be separate, right? Mm, I think a lot of this, like specifically, there was like a moment of initiation that I experienced with a teacher that uh, she actually initiated many of the sound healers that are now like the big teachers, Uh, she a woman called Sarah Benson and she was I feel like directly receiving from kind of a star beings this information of of like crystal rainbow body or or, or of working with energy and of sound uh, and frequency Mm, to remember like other like octaves right like other dimensions that are not like uh, apparent Mm, with a very very loving presence it was very and I I feel that my channel opened like I did one workshop with her and it was very like I started having that opening come and come to me and having to manage the energy that that moved through and people at the same time, because I had like a career as a musician, were asking me for voice lessons. So I, I could see where they were blocked in their system and the certain ideas that they had about themselves, of what they, who they wanted to be seen as through their singing, was really like not allowing their true the voice of their container and their vehicle to come through so it was really through trying and finding a language to speak through images about my own experience to so people would reach that state and then I saw that it worked that that people would actually open the portals and access these aspects of themselves and that they could flow and then they could sing it's like at that, like that. I think there's some like practices or principles from Anusara Yoga that works with like some principles of alignment. So it's a type of yoga that I think has things from like Taoist, uh, more like you know working with gravity and working with organic energy and subtle energy and not so much about muscles and pulling and strengthening, but a lot about working with. The energy that is pulsating from source outside the body, and really having your axis uh, be mm. sustained and nourished uh, from these, like the magnetic and the electric sources. Mm. And then I saw later that there's other people that speak about it that I don't know so much about, but I find a lot of confirmation, mm. and that's uh, that makes me happy. <laughs>
0: Yeah. why for you is the voice so important because again looking at a lot of traditions mm-hmm. i mean I, I think probably most people listening are familiar with like the, the judeo-christian mm-hmm. teachings and i mean that's that's the beginning of genesis is the oh. word um you mentioned plant medicine and we were talking about the shpibo uh, the other day and and that's that's their main tool is the voice yeah. And I think a lot of times people, even people who've worked with plants or or maybe ayahuasca, shipibo, that that power of the ikaro, the song, they feel it. Like they feel something is transforming. But I think there's sometimes still a block of like why, how is that happening or why is that so important? Um, often under the mariación people are very connected to it but once it stops then it was just it was a song or something but but it it seems like something and I would imagine as a musician like you have to think a lot about the voice it's as you said for a lot of people it's their identity it's it's their their vocation But I think for most people, they don't think so much about the voice. It's just, this is my voice, or this is how I speak, and there's not a story around it. There's no... Mm -hmm. It just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So why do you think, like, the the manifestation of the voice is so important Mm -hmm. and and holds so much Mm -hmm. power?
1: Yeah, it's so beautiful. Well, everything that exists is in a state of vibration, as we know. Everything is vibrating. So what appears to be solid is vibrating but at a lower rate. Thoughts are vibration, colors are vibration, smells, emotions. So everything is in a state of vibration. And that there is a principle uh, in life, like a physical principle, uh, which is the principle of entrainment, which is that any body that is vibrating can make another body vibrate, it's like it pulls it, to vibrate in consonance. It's like, for example, when you have two pendulums and they're oscillating after some point, they move together. And so this principle of entrainment uh, makes any sound that we create consciously or unconsciously as well, I guess, um, be able to set another vibrant body in motion to the same rate. So it's like actually creating reality, like when you... It's you, like ripples, like with the semantics, you can see like a sound, is cre creates patterns. And this is, I think, conceived in every uh, like tradition, that sound creates reality, that there's like a, the word, the sound, and the primordial sound, there is a first... Um, that sets everything in motion and the importance of the voice in terms of of making sound and the power that sound has to like actually is creating reality is that our containers are unique. And so even though we're working with the energy of the air and the magnetic pull from, you know, the crystal core of the earth like this, you know, or the sun, it's like all the same elements but they happen connected to our individuality, our identity in a way and so when we can really allow for source to move through us and create through us, it's like becoming a fountain of creation in a way that can only be, can only happen in that way like a crystal when the light touches it and it creates a prism. That is can only or a sound that it can create be created only through that specific configuration and the the shape and the material and the density and how the light is hitting it. So it's very. I think the connection is with something that is wow. I'm. I let go of layers and layers of who I who I think I am, and really allow for source to move through. However, it will move in a very unique way that will resonate and set like a in motion, like a creative force that also resonates with people differently based on how uh, they feel more coherent with me or less, you know, maybe there's no so much resonance, but it's like a, a very beautiful way of taking on individuality by being aware of, unity like it's all being fed by the same sun (laughs) the same movements of the stars and the water is all one water experiencing experiencing changing you know like becoming vapor becoming clouds becoming very stagnant becoming so it's it's this like but it's all the same water Water is all water and it's inside the bodies and so on so there's this beautiful chance to recognize the value of individuality as we search for unity but being like oh actually there's something that comes through my unique channel my vehicle because of my body my ancestors, my thoughts, my ideas and the more authentic I can be with that, the more I can shed like layers and layers of needing to be seen, conditioning parts of ourselves that that we don't think are valid or are unlovable, then it's like, okay, there's a big integration that I feel many people are called to to embrace, you know, what am I here to do? So it really dwells or deals with, with with creating, like how am I a creator of reality? What's the highest way in which I can serve and and, yeah, exchange with the world. And I think the voice is this primordial instrument to do that. As seen throughout, like, cultures. It's like, what are we here to do? We're here to sing and dance. That's it. That's, that's what we can offer. The rest is given. Everything is given. And, of course, you know, that creative force can take the form of very complex creations. But it's all, you know like an expression of source through the unique container that is each one of us
0: I was reminded I've mentioned this a few times in the podcast but there's this really beautiful idea in in Shipibo this word of Hakun which um, is usually translated as good Um, but on a deeper level it means truth so that which is good is that which is true and on a deeper level, uh, from what I understand, it it means that which is life giving. Oh. Um, yeah. So, something that's not true is is not good because it, it's not life giving. It's yes. not it's not creative. Yes. Um, and so, that idea of truth and, and goodness is 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 life giving. It's the creative energy. So would you say w- with the voice, like, when when that becomes to be free, you know, much like you were using that example of the two pendulums coming mm-hmm. into synchronicity. Uh, I was also interviewing an ayahuascaro here in the valley, uh, Alonso del Rio, and he was saying a, a very similar thing in, in, mm-hmm. in a way of, like, even even our words, I mean, and this is where the question is kind of leading, but even our words... You know, he was saying like if someone is is in, encouraging you and, and telling you beautiful things, like there's actually a there's a physical transformation that begins to happen. Mm-hmm. There, there's a relaxing. There's a there's like a caressing, a holding, mm-hmm. versus if someone is telling you words that are cutting you down or derogatory mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. not hakuin. They're they're not creative. They're not life giving. That there's very much a destructive energy in that. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, in that way, you know how how also our words can not only affect ourselves, but then they begin to affect others. So, with that voice, because I think uh, maybe it was Jessica or Alex was mentioning that some of your work too is is this idea of of the the voice is also healing. Um, And so, do you think? There's like a, a symbiotic relationship that's happening, is as your voice frees, you are healing yourself, and then the voice itself, like that vibration, is then also in that feedback loop continuing to, to release you even more.
1: Yes, because I think this, there's less friction. There's more coherence in the field, and that creates a vibration that integrates like isolated aspects of ourselves. So I think there's a lot of, yeah, of integration that happens when we realize the places where we hold tension with the voice are the places where we hold tension on our physical body, on our emotional body, within our, like, thought system or that we've received, you know, imprints. Um, so there's, like, this tension and and uh, oh, there's something that is not, <laughs> like moving all together with a, you know, without friction. And when that happens, it's like, wow, a relief for yourself. But also the result, the sound result of that for others is very healing because it has that same effect of softening and caressing and being like, it is okay. We, you are okay. Every part is okay. I have this idea that... It's like we all want to. We're we're in this moment, uh, where this like one consciousness has been divided into individual like identities. And when we feel good, it's like oh we feel like oh we're it's actually all one. <laughs> oh we are actually all connected, and everything is affecting everything. And my little part is like when I connect with that aspect of my consciousness that remembers unity. There's a softening. Uh, that also allows for isolated parts of ourselves to, to come back into agreement and into being acknowledged and being held. Uh, there is a beautiful process that I do with, um, for example, with emotions, you know, th- things or aspects of ourselves or expressions of ourselves what we don't like. Okay, I don't want to be, I don't know, very picky and very <laughs> hard on others, which It's a part of me that comes out and I don't like it. But what can I do with that? Because it you know it it continues to appear. But there's a certain desire in that aspect of ourselves that wants to be held, wants to be seen, wants to be wants to belong. It's like this basic desire to be, I just want to belong. And so I I do this process when I ask people to be like, okay, bring this part of yourself that you don't want that is acting out. Uh, sit it, you know, like as you would sit the crying baby. They're freaking out. They're like making a mess. They're not being nice, right? They're not. You sit and you're like, okay, what do you want? What do you need? And they're like, I, usually they're just, I just want to be loved. I want to be loved how I am. I want to have the right to be. I want to be part of the unity. And then it's like, okay, you are okay. This part of me that is like that. And I can have explanations for why it exists and so on, but really deeply just wants to be loved, just wants to be accepted. And there's a way of doing that with the voice of expressing parts of ourselves that are the ones that we think are unlovable and let ourselves be seen uh, through that mask, of course, within a container where we are integrating and, and these masks that we wear, which are pretty much expressed like very clearly through our voices, how we sing, oh, I'm going to be a shamanic singer, I'm going to be very angelic, I'm going to be very sensual, and very. And it's like we have all these identities, they're like, oh, this is. I feel safe here. But it becomes like, that's just a mask, that's not. It's one aspect of who you are. And so by kind of giving, showing, ourselves and being like this is okay this is okay eventually uh, through physically like embracing that on the vibratory body and seeing the places where it comes the gestures that it makes there is like okay like a relaxing into being and a feeling of being accepted and being held that then these parts don't need to be like acting up so much there they have a Okay, you're you are okay. Yeah, you developed because of this and that. But you know it's not the totality of, of who we are. But there is a part within ourselves that can love everything as it is. And that is closer to that consciousness that brings healing and restoration. So there is a lot about like a regenerative process, not so much as like cathartic or expressing as I say, but it's like an integration and coming to terms uh, with these different parts within that results in a softening and that softening is like very strengthening uh, and, and ultimately our trust and confidence to share who we are with the world comes m- more from this place of holding and embracing we are than pushing and being brave and because that's there's still so much i want to be seen as this so as the voice changes our need to be seen changes and we start to be the one who sees us who sees ourselves so becoming that motherly fatherly eh, like aspect that we're constantly kind of looking outside for the teacher for the master for the am I doing it okay I don't how can I know how can I know if this is okay and there is an aspect within that knows and and, and that can be we access it by starting to bring parts together and you know in our in other traditions it's like oh you're the witness of the thoughts and you're not the thoughts you're the witness Uh, In a way, it's like a loving witness to all these parts that are moving and they need to move, they can't just be kept, you know, hiding um, or stored. So I I believe a lot in that, the power of of moving, like moving with it. um, And that brings like a steadiness of presence through allowing these things to flow within a container that is holding lovingly the different things that are coming up. Mm.
0: I was thinking, because often it seems like with the voice, that there's often, as you were describing, this quality of sound, of resonance, of healing, of freeing, of flow, which is something very personal in a way. It's like this freeing, this liberation aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was also thinking, because I was r- reminded of yoga and the way a lot is practiced, is this like getting into a flow state, like mm-hmm. relaxing. Mm-hmm. And there's this this freeing aspect that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was also thinking, also with the voice, like we were speaking about yesterday with Amika, like a big part of that teaching or many teachings is I would imagine not just the quality of the voice, but actually the content of the voice. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the actual words that are coming out of my mouth? Um, Because those words have power, they can unite, they can divide. Um, But I would imagine even maybe, I don't know, I guess this is a question, but I was thinking about yoga because... You know, maybe someone has a really free body. they're They're very flexible. They're very open. <laughs> but maybe the content of what's coming out also isn't in alignment. So with the voice, do you think those two things are correlated or or is is there some different aspect between the nature of like the state of that voice, that state of of allowing and freedom versus, like, what's actually coming yeah. out of my mouth?
1: No, I think they're very connected. However, I like to, when, when I work, it's like I don't start with, oh, let's just say good words, so then the voice becomes something good. It's like a lot about working with, with the voices and vibrant energy, like a material, so it's like it has to move. So for the longest time, we don't use words to really get in touch with that because we can have the we can bypass by just oh I just pray I pray to great spirit and it's like, yeah, but you're destroyed and it's beautiful that we pray but I kind of work with that okay there's some material here and the vowels they resonate and they move energy in a specific way and this is also said you know in every like sacred ancient traditions It's it's, it's actual it's not only the the content but it's it's creating a pattern a vibratory pattern so we work a lot with that with really using the sound to create patterns in the body and sense that and then there's certain like codes that come from that reordering and some sacred languages that patterning that when you say the word it's actually creating that form in what i call in the plasma in the vibrant energy matter that makes everything up but there's a very beautiful exercise, for example, that I do within like the container of, of the retreats, you know, when I guide people through these stages. Um, and in this state of presence where we are like, okay, the, the body is available and you do certain practices with the breath where you remain with the energy as it is moving, like really being aware of let's say you make a sound. Oh. Creating a pattern in a specific place in the body—it's not just like a prayer out into the universe. It's creating a it has resonance in certain places in the body. And when we do this practice of really remaining completely present, then I ask them to start using words. Every single person in every retreat of the many that I've done and in the workshops starts speaking about the heart and the sun and the water. It's like the poetry of presence and it's not like you know it's not just beautiful words that are life giving it's like everybody starts speaking about the heart because then it's kind of felt as this like "Ah," source that is like emanating 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 in this self recognition of its quality to, to embrace to be in awe to perceive there is like the heart the heart the heart and that's a Very beautiful, because people who engage in this process and start using words, from basically managing energy, 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 it's like, wow, this is what wants to be said, this is what wants to be praised. Um, But I do find that sometimes starting only with the words can make you bypass certain things that in my work I I like to gather as vibrant energy purely through sensing. And there is a uh, sacred intelligence that that starts wanting to create and and make words and, and praise and, and find the yeah, the offering that is our flow, like our true flow. So I, I can connect this with the yeah, yoga teachers are like they're amazing in their body and how they're moving energy and yet there's something that I think it's like they're still wanting to be seen. They're still looking outside for recognition. And then there's a piece that is like uh, a bit... I I remember I went to a class, I don't know, of yoga 25 years ago. And they're like, okay, press your knees together if you're holding Mm a (laughs) $100 bill. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. It's like
0: no <laughs>
1: this is not okay you know it's like I was somewhere else and I was like okay this is not the right place for me <laughs> like just to develop mass, muscles or power with your body vehicle is like no but I have found that through really working with the presence of this pulsating source of the core of the earth and the sun and the stars wow it's it always goes back to the heart as like a resonator, as like a diamond resonator. That wow is is the, the true source of the power, and usually it creates beautiful, life giving words. It's
0: I was also reminded because we were speaking about Amika, like this idea of roles that, that people traditionally had in society, and and that, I, I could be wrong about this. But it, it just it seems like there's often a pattern in many roles, because I was also thinking about my own experience, and when you yeah. mentioned this idea in the beginning of, like there was just this energy that was coming through you that yeah. felt like it needed to come out that it was being channeled from from somewhere else, other than you or your your mind. Mm-hmm. It, um, it seems like, and and again it, this could just be my experience, but it seems like that tends to happen more to women and even mm. when we were speaking about those roles like uh, in traditional societies like that role of the dancer the mm. the the woman who who moves her body moves her voice in order to heal mm. not herself primarily I mean it has to start there yeah. but she's the healer of the mm. the group that the tribe the community mm. uh, through that movement through that voice through mm-hmm. that that softness um, do you think there is something archetypal in the woman that embodies that more Mm. or or is it just that that for whatever reason Mm. (laughs) men also may be blocked through society Mm -hmm. through their own conditioning Mm -hmm. um have you noticed any that in your own work
1: (laughs) well i actually work a lot i i say that i i work a lot kind of like with recovery (laughs) people recovering from From like ayahuasca circles and (laughs) and kind of this idea of the ancestral indigenous work as being the man is the center and the steadiness and the Shiva quality and the rock and woman is flow and water and food and beauty and flowers and in my own experience I was a together with a like a very powerful chief shaman for some time the father of my daughter and I saw kind of like within that way of understanding reality that many of us are have been called to or have received as like oh this is how it should be like these are the energies we embody and that and that was very hurtful for me, because I think that there was an uh, an aspect of my own energy that had to do with the the column of light, the being erect, the being is like that I was I had put that in him, that he was the one who would embody that. And it was easier for women to identify with this flowing, receptive, quality and I actually work with a lot of women who are like very flowy, very free, very expressive but like a total mess for manifesting, directing, atravesar, no? They have a hard time penetrating and and, and, and planting and being... And I I think there is a big aspect of cultural conditioning because I, I receive again and again the... The message, and, and when I had like this very difficult kind of separation from this beautiful being who was my my ex, it was like that energy that you put there, the sun, the, you know, the, the stuff, that's your inner masculine. So your work is to bring that within and really, and you're like, no, but he's such a big chief, sun dance chief, like, how is this ever going to... Like, that's the one you chose. That's the one you need to, to bring within yourself to complete yourself. It was hard because <laughs> I had identified a lot with certain qualities. And I think I did it in a very beautiful way or I, maybe I'm still doing it, of course, a never-ending process of integration. But, but I saw and I, I teach that a lot uh, because I think... We have roles, but I'm not sure if they're necessarily like that, like men are more like that and women are more flowy. And I have worked a lot with men. Of course, there's almost always, always more women in any workshop of self-development than men. But more and more men are coming and they are working a lot with this creative uh, flowing source within and this sense of this uh, stuff, you know, kind of like the Shiva Lingam's just, and it's like, Oh, in your own yoni source so it's like I see that men how I perceive the energy body of men there is uh, I call it like the energetic womb and I was there. I know there's some tribes in Brazil that speak about this it's like oh men have like a, a source that would be like the womb in women part of their energetic body And when they have that developed they are contained within themselves they're not looking all the time for oh there's an opening here to receive my energy right looking always for for that source that receptive quality to be outside of their own bodies and in the completing the the body as a vehicle i work a lot with that with receiving kind of this like energy from the sun as like a column of erect penetrating light that sits in the watery crystal like a source in men and women in the pelvic bowl like a, like really like a bowl that contains the energy and that feels very different for men especially when they're like a mess you know they're like going to ceremonies going to workshops uh, doing you know they're like looking outside and there's a certain like okay I find a source and I think that I met my my partner that I have now from a place where he was also working a lot with his feminine quality, with his flowing, praising uh, quality, and, and that allowed us, I think, to, to meet as creative beings more complete. In my experience, that has to do with these ideals that we picked up unconsciously from society, but also consciously from, like, the teachings of uh, indigenous ancestral roles and i have gotten this message that is like that that has been current up to a certain era and now it's like you are it doesn't work like that anymore that's the message i get with all the respect for all of the teachings and all of the technologies but but i get this like you are complete and of course we need you know, the, the different principles to come together to create life, but there's a certain creative integration of these inner aspects of, like, awareness and energy, steadiness and flow that are found within, and that's actually a big part of, the, of my work, of this in, uh, integration of these uh, aspects of the, uh, in the creative process. That I don't know how that is, would be seen, you know, by traditional societies... Uh, but it seems to me that, that that's kind of like a, a memory that comes from a, a more ancient um, in my case, like star like lineage. Uh, that that is like actually we're we're complete within our container. And we create as couples and we create as communities. And but but there's a certain like uh, coming together we inside uh, that might make the men feel more flowy and that doesn't cuz i've seen men open their channel the same way as women when they are f- at least feel called to this work that speaks about that that integration of the inner penetrating and and receptive qualities
0: yeah <laughs> it, it was interesting um you were asked yesterday kind of about like your your connection and and I think it was phrased like like "What do you see?" and And you said something very interesting, which was and, and maybe I got this wrong, but not that I'm like seeing so much with my eyes, but it's more this like felt sense and 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 that to me seems to be something I've also found to be very true with myself and mm-hmm. um, because I think often in in these types of work or... There's often this quality of like, like what do you see? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of emphasis on on this one aspect yeah. of, of of this manifold ability to mm-hmm. to sense things. Um, and I find that that felt sense seems to encompass maybe all of that, but mm-hmm. but it goes even deeper in a way because it's something that's beyond just like, oh, well, I see this or I, yeah. yeah. Can you speak a little? I mean, I, I know that's it's it's very kind of obtuse, but or maybe like why why that's important, or, or because it seems like to some degree there's like this intuitive sense, um, and it seems like something that a lot of people are really cut off from. Um, and you know that could be part of my own story, but but I remember when I was younger, it seemed very easy for me to. I remember meeting people, even as a young child, and I'd be like, "That person's a little yeah. sketchy." Like, mm-hmm. but they would be praised by so many people, and I was like, "Why do they not see that?" I mean, mm-hmm. I would even use that word, but but it, it wasn't yeah. just a it wasn't just my sight that was seeing it. There was a deep felt sense that, yeah. and and I remember even getting into this plant work, there was a lot of this idea of like, "Well, what do you see?" Yeah. You know, when you diagnose someone, what do you see? Yeah. I was like, well, I just see them. <laughs> it's not Beautiful. like there's like crazy shapes or something yeah. coming out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but there was a, there was a deeper sense of, of where someone was at or yeah.
1: Or... yeah. It's such a mystery. <laughs> but I, I I remember once, um, somebody said, well, there's different like extra. I mean, they're called like extrasensory how do you call that in...
0: Extrasensorial. Like yeah. uh,
1: abilities that are different for different people. We can, many of us, we can develop many, but, but there are some that are like really like gifts or qualities. We can certainly all expand a lot, but in my understanding, it was very useful to understand that some people were like clear, clear voyance. like they could see, that you can see things or you can hear things but this like a specific way of sensing was clear sensing clarisintiente cuz i it was very confusing cuz i would just know i i just know something and i would doubt so much because i don't see it i don't hear it some people hear i would just know and that was difficult to um, validate i mean i learned i am stubborn <laughs> like, it's like no it's not true no it's not true and have a lot of integrity so I would like really work with that through self-doubt not being like oh I love I see stuff or I know things it's like I don't want to is this true so that's why I I, I would I don't read books about stuff and I, I try to really know by direct experience and then life from outside is like yeah that's true I learned, but it's, it's very mysterious still to me. People ask me, How do you know that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I know that it has to do with my ability to trust my perception and be present because I'm not like, Oh, I sense and I want to look into your field. And I started like developing what I called protocols with aspects of myself to be, because I would arrive to a place and I would feel like, oh, here a lot of indigenous people died and there's all these trapped souls, you know, like, and it's like, I don't know if it's a memory from me, if it's a memory from the place. it It was very messy. And then I was like, well, I would, I started asking my higher self or my guides or like to to communicate with this part of me that knew that was seeing be like okay only show me what is mine don't show me what is from place don't show me what is and, and try to to have a dialogue to discern and and then be like okay if it's useful for me to know that your dead mom is trying to speak to you may i may that be open and shown clearly that i'm supposed to tell you something otherwise please don't show me <laughs> don't come if it's just to show me that i see that i perceive don't show me because i get very confused because i would like spill you know below oh, you guys see this you know very early early on and i was like oh that's not good it's not serving so how can i use this to serve so i think kind of a uh, i naturally didn't want to be like that I, uh, be seen i didn't want to be seen and that helped me in in trying to like really <laughs> make this very concrete and be like if this is good for somebody please show me otherwise don't show me i don't i don't need to be seeing things and i discovered there's something that i called like the vibratory membrane It was like a way to con to that i found to to Collect my own energy and be able to discern what was mine, and then kind of. But I think has in my case like I had to learn on my own because I connected a lot with seers and shamans because they were the ones who also had access to these things. But then I would see things in the ceremony and be like I don't know, I don't know about this, and life always was like take take space. Don't don't just trust them, because they are the seer or the shaman, but you need to take space to discern. I think that might be useful for some people to know that it's uh, how to recover that like sober, (laughs) like uh, mm, expansion of your awareness. But uh, that is also, in my case, I developed it a lot, asking, like, okay, show me in the in dreams in the way that I can understand. Don't show me with these, like, very magical images that I can't digest. So it's like, um, I had a very beautiful meeting with a, an African seer who worked with water. It was, and he was like, your guides are so tired of you are not paying attention. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, um, and he's like, ask them to show you in the way in which you can be of service because he knew that would be okay if it's to be of service I take it I, I'll I'll allow myself to feel it and know it and use it so I think that dedication you know since when you dedicate your practice to benefit all sentient beings is different than like oh, I want to be I don't know have a fit body and be it's different and so I think those things can be, open from a higher place within ourselves to to re, to truly serve you know and my prayer was always to be of service and i thought okay i'll just be i don't know picking up trash in the ceremonies and being very small and it was like no you have to sit there and you have to speak and you have to do and mm, we are sometimes afraid to to be seen you know, to really use our gifts to support others but, but there's a way of strengthening that axis and that uh, vibratory membrane uh, to to be safe as we expose ourselves and, and that feels different from wanting to see and wanting to, to help by being a, it's like who wants to be a shaman, it's like, it's so much work, you know, so. I think we're dealing with a lot of fantasies in this, like as things are expanding, yeah. but always a prayer to to be of service. And, and then, okay, if that's, and I always tell this to people in the, when they're like, oh, if you're supposed to sing in front of thousands of people, you open your channel, and that's where you're supposed to be, like, great. If you're supposed to only sing for your plants and your pets and to you know yourself, like oh, it's 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 the same. It's just taking you know the role that is given, and that might be different. That might be dancing, you know, like crazy or being very steady and holding space. But but there is a certain integration again with aspects within that allows us to be more authentically taking on taking on the roles and feeling good about taking them. So it's some people don't see anything, and it's okay. They, you're not meant to not everybody's meant to or you know has the what I call like the energetic integrity to deal with that and it's better to I don't know to find that authenticity and know that that is a way of serving through your unique channel
0: yeah that seems one kind of beautiful thing about that idea of having a role is mm-hmm. is just realizing that we all have different roles.
1: Yeah, we do. Certainly. It's very, very beautiful. Yeah. I had one teacher who says, like, it's just about playing the role that you're given. And you just fully take the role. It can be being, being, being very visible or being, you know, staying very steady and holding an inner knowing with fluidity presence
0: (laughs) well beautiful we're we're i think coming up almost on our time Um, (laughs) is there anything else you'd you'd like to talk about or any anything we didn't touch Mm. on
1: well, I if people want to hear the music that I make, they can look for Minuk or Lula Cruza. and I have a, like an online course that is like a multi-dimensional temple <laughs> and that gives this transmission right now. It's in in Spanish only, and I have some like like um, retreats coming up and so on. If people feel called to to do this work, so. And I'm so happy to get to talk to you and meet you. And mm. Yeah, being your presence. Thank you.
0: Oh, the same. Yeah, yeah it's really a pleasure. Mm. the The upcoming retreats. Do you know? Do you know where they'll be and the dates? In
1: the summer in Europe, there's like in Portugal in June, in close to Berlin in July, Sweden in August so everything is like on my website or my Yeah. yes it's a, such a beautiful space uh, you know, to get to make sound with other people yeah, it's beautiful
0: <laughs> well thank you so much I, I really appreciate this and your time and um, you have a beautiful presence oh. and I um, if you ever come back here or somewhere else in the world I would, I would love to join you
1: oh, we, will. We, we plan to be back here in, in Arin mm. next year It's been so powerful to work here with the waters and the crystals and it's really amplified and received by the earth. That's, you know,